Welcome everyone to another episode of the podcast. Some quick housekeeping. I have a very big announcement that I'm super excited about. I will be having my first ever live show here in New York City on Thursday, May 25th at 7.30 p.m. at City Winery, where I will be doing a live show alongside the co-host of the other show that I do called The Oddest Couple, which is myself and the former hitman for John Gotti Sr., a former mafia hitman. You guys have seen him on my show before, John A. Light. Him and I are going to be doing that live show at City Winery. We're very, very excited. And uh, it's honestly going to be a very interesting, chaotic night. And I hope that you guys can be a part of it. To buy tickets, go to citywinery.com and you can kind of search around there. Or you can go to the description of this audio podcast. I'll put it in the description. I'll put that link to buy the tickets. You can also go to my Instagram at felix.levine and that link can be found there. If you have any issues finding it, you can just reach out to me via DM on Instagram at felix.levine. But trust me, uh, you'll be able to find it with, uh, with just a couple of clicks. I'm very excited. I hope to see you guys there. We're also planning a little bit of an after party at a lovely rooftop here in the city to, to get drinks with everybody. So I hope to see you there. If you are a listener of this show or if you listen to our show together with John, um, it's going to be a it's going to be a great night. And for me as a New Yorker, being able to have my first ever live show here at City Winery, which is an awesome venue on the west side, is uh, extremely exciting. So I hope to see you guys all there and it would mean a lot for you guys to, to show out. So anyways, that's mostly it for the housekeeping. Quick reminder, as always, follow me on Instagram at Felix.Levine. YouTube, Felix Levine, search my name, subscribe to my channel, my TikTok. I've really started to invest into my TikTok the last week and it's starting to do well. So follow me there at Felix Levine. Uh, small clips of every or a lot of episodes can be found over there. And my weekly newsletter. If you haven't subscribed, if you're not part of that, do me a favor. Go to felixlevine.substack.com. That's felixlevine.substack.com and enter email and then you'll be subscribed you'll get a weekly newsletter at 8 a.m every monday and honestly they've been a lot of fun to write and the reactions have been awesome and i've been going back and forth with a lot of you so i appreciate everybody who subscribed and please 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 subscribe to my weekly newsletter uh it would mean a lot anyways that's it for housekeeping let's get into my episode today and my guest today she is one of the most talented upcoming or really already here young musical artists, please welcome the lovely Lauren Spencer-Smith. And we're live. Lauren, uh, very happy to have you in, in studio here today. Thank you for coming out with your lovely team to uh, yeah. Brooklyn. Thanks for having me. Have you been in Brooklyn before? Um, once for like a shoot, but I haven't like been around, walked we around. You, we got to give you a tour. I, everyone says that I need to go to Brooklyn and I would like New York more. Did you? Oh, you're not, you're not a fan of New York uh, right now? Okay, well. <laughs> we're going to have problems. Quickly. I don't like saying it publicly because people, <laughs> get, yeah, people get, get really mad at me. But... Um, they say I, my team says I need to go to Brooklyn because they think I'd like it more. I think what happens is every time I've come to New York, something that I've done has been so stressful. So I just relate the city to like the stressful time that I had while I was there. To be fair, New York is not necessarily the most laid back place in the world. Yeah. 
but it's beautiful. Like, did you come over? Did you guys come over the bridge from the city? Which which bridge? You know, Manhattan, Brooklyn. I don't know. I've been over. I've been over a few bridges in New York, though, and it is it is very. It's beautiful. like pretty. You see, like the. No? The first time I came to New York, I was like so so excited. Like I had my like typical like seventeen year old New York experience, and I thought it was like the best city in the world. And now I feel like I've just come here so many times that it, like I'm losing the spark a little bit. I feel like maybe I'm just becoming like. A local. Aaron, we got to work on this. We got to bring her all around Gowanus. It's okay. The canal. There's a beautiful but canal. Also, it's almost I like don't, Venice. I don't love LA either, though. So, like, normally people are one or the other, and yeah. I'm, like, kind of just neither. But don't, because, like, New York, it feels like there's authentic energy, no? Like I mean, that. everyone is way more real here, which, like, I meet a lot of people, and they're like, oh, you you remind me of, like, a New Yorker. Which probably just means I'm like a bitch, but um, <laughs> everybody says that to me. Um, but in my defense, though, I'm from Vancouver, Canada, which is like literally the most beautiful place in the world. So I can't be convinced to love any other city. Okay, yeah. we can we can agree to disagree. But <laughs> wait, so you don't speak French, though? Well, I do, but not. I'm not like gonna. It, I'm, like I'm fluent. Like my mom. Yeah, French. I'm not gonna okay, speak so French to anyone that. who fully cool. speaks French. I like. I was in French immersion as a kid. Okay. So all my schooling was in French for years, but then I dropped out when I was in grade ten. Um, so I would say I can like I probably have seventy five percent knowledge okay. of what I had. All right, we won't. We won't. We yeah, won't. We won't. I know. I'll get embarrassed, and then people will be like, "Ha ha, our accent's I'm, embarrassing." I don't want to embarrass you. Um, is there a tidbit, little story, little something the world doesn't know about you? Um, from what's already out there. Um, we were saying that maybe the world doesn't know I'm a big Edmonton Oilers fan now. You were, you were telling me that. Yeah. Um, my boyfriend is a huge Edmonton Oilers fan. Is that why his, you are? Yeah. So his okay. whole family was. I mean, Good. like my brothers grew up playing hockey. So like I watched hockey, but not on the level that my boyfriend and his family does. Um, so I met him and we have like the jerseys, the big like chain necklaces. We watch every game. We're pretty. Yeah, we're obsessed. <laughs> and so you've you've been in. An Edmonton Oilers fan for how long? You guys been together? Like a year and a half now. So only a year and I've a half. I've gotten on the on the band I've on the train, but also like a like cousin who's not my cousin at all. Like it's, it was like my stepmom's nephew or something, but now she's not my stepmom, so it's kind of like I'm not related to him at all. But he was the goalie for the Edmonton Oilers once. Oh, yes. Well, now he's your cousin. So now like, he's your cousin. yeah. So my dad's side of the family was like they had the hoodies, they had all the yeah. stuff, and they used to watch it. Um, so I kind of used to watch it back then too. So it's kind of like full circle. Now so I'm do back. you? So you feel fully Canadian, like you? I feel very Canadian. You don't feel any American in you. I mean, eh, it's not that different. Is it's not well, that different, but like it is. What well, is it is? But I do feel like I spend a lot of time in America. So then when I go back to Canada, people are like, "Oh, you just said that. That was so American." But I feel like a, a Canadian at heart. So now home base is LA, though. No, it's still I still live back. Oh, home. it's still yeah, Vancouver Island. I see. Yeah. Okay, but you spend a lot of time in LA, I imagine. Yeah, it's like I kind of live in LA, low key, but I don't just out of a hotel. <laughs> oh, okay. And so you're. I mean, obviously, you've you've done incredibly well for yourself at such a young age. Have you feel like Have you felt like you've been able to process any of it? Yet or no? Still just living? Not really. Floating? Yeah, I feel like I float a lot. It's yeah. better to float. I mean, sometimes I, I like think in floating. like five years, I'll be like, wow, 2022 is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you, I mean, have you had like even any singular moment that you've sat down and just mm. like taken a look at the sky and been like, damn. Yeah, I have moments fuck? every once in a while. But then like after that moment's over, I go back to being like, oh, you're just like a regular human kind of thing that's good though like even and i've now 
known you for an, an entire six and a half minutes. Like, I feel like that's, <laughs> that's like you're, like you're very, uh, grounded or down to yeah. earth, you know? Thank and, you. uh, or at least that's the energy. It could, I could be completely yeah, wrong, could you know? I could be, com- yeah, it could yeah. be really fake. <laughs> um, but you know, I can even tell just even like the people around you, um, you know, cause Aaron and I were talking, we have some people that we know mutually, mm-hmm. famous people that don't always have the best people around them show up yeah. very late to things so and rude. and you can kind of tell how that the the ego and the can get to people when they find success mm-hmm. at any level i'm like so i'm so scared that's gonna happen to me like i tell people on my team like stop holding the door like stop doing things that are like nice yeah. <laughs> for me because then you just like like i found myself once like asking someone for water in like a period where I could have just went to get the water. And I was like, oh. okay, you need to step back. Like no, that's, that's bad, Lauren. Yeah, I was like, you're, this is terrible. So like I tell people to like not do nice things for me so I can like make sure I'm constantly <laughs> staying humble. Yeah, you gotta, <laughs> nobody better get you coffee or water yeah. E- ever. Yeah. No, actually it's kind of nice though sometimes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but has your, what's your family's reaction been to, let's call it the blow up? Yeah. I mean, my mom kind of travels most places with us. So she kind of comes everywhere. Um, my parents have always been, like, I feel like a lot of singers grow up and their parents, like, didn't believe in them. And mine was, like, the polar opposite. Like, I was like, I'm not going to university. My mom was like, great. Not that we, I mean, we couldn't afford to go to university anyway. So even if I wanted to go, my mom probably would have just been more stressed that we had to pay for university. But, like, they were always so, so supportive and, like, always believed in me more than anybody else. So kind of when it happened, they were like, my mom definitely is kind of shocked now, but at the beginning she was like, yeah, this was meant for my daughter. Like I knew this was going to happen. Like I've been praying for this. Um, but they're just so excited. My mom comes everywhere. So she really gets the full ride and experience. What What do you think it's been like for her to to see, you know, firsthand? Yeah. I mean, my mom's life has you. like literally changed entirely. Like my mom, my whole life literally worked like 16 hour days and now she pretty much works for me and has a house like we grew up in like our friend's basement and it had like one and a half bedrooms my mom slept on the couch and now she has like a four bedroom house and like lives in the nice end of town and like she definitely she's been like recently reading like trauma books because she's like my whole life has done like a 360 and she's like I don't know how to process it whereas like I always grew up having the dream of like I'm gonna have that one day and like I'm gonna be successful like I always dreamed of having it and she really didn't like she always was like oh we're just gonna be in this lower to middle class forever and so for her to like randomly switch and now be like oh we're like taking a flight to like over here where are we going oh my god she like is definitely processing it but so excited so happy I mean that's got to be pretty unreal for her to yeah I mean she's like the best hang like everyone on my team loves her because she's so excited about everything I've heard stories about about Carrie (laughs) oh wow Carrie (laughs) Yep, I didn't want to. I didn't want to just name <laughs> oh drop God, like I'm that. Scared. But wait, am I allowed to name drop? Yeah, of course. We love Carrie. Shout out to Carrie. Yeah, shout out Carrie. Um, <laughs> love you, mom. That was good, right? I was waiting for a moment yeah. to drop that. Don't. Aaron was telling me like a lot of secrets. Oh God. Like the ham and cheese sandwich yesterday with mayo for lunch. Yeah, I oh, heard yeah. about that. That's my go-to. It's an everyday <laughs> experience. Oh, yeah. Well, that, yeah. That was <laughs> um, no, but that also must be really insane for you to be able to like provide that for your mom because mm-hmm. that's it's one thing to like i'd imagine as a parent to mm-hmm. see your child do yeah all these amazing things but then also for you to be able to like i guess if you're if she's working with mm-hmm. you or for you whatever that must be kind of a surreal feeling especially yeah. at 19 years old 
I mean, literally my entire life goal was to be like, I don't want my mom to work. Like yeah. I've always been like, I don't know what you're going to do, mom, but like you're going to be like going to find fans in the audience to like bring them back for a meet and greet. Like we'll find you a job. Like <laughs> I've always just wanted my mom to be able to do whatever she wants in life. And so it's like crazy that she finally gets to do that. Do you feel like it's almost in a weird way, like scary that how quickly things have happened because, you know, it sets the standard super, super oh, high? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm like, now I'm like, you're a failure. Like your songs don't get enough streams. <laughs> like you're never going to have that moment again. <laughs> I'm like definitely overthink the whole thing. But I also know that like I'm just obsessed with working. So like. I will, I would never like turn around and like just give up because right. I had like a certain level of success. Like my life goal will always be to be that success. So I know I would just keep going, but I definitely get it in my head. So where was the motivation when you were younger? Was it to just be successful? Was it to take care of your, your mom, your family? I think it was like, like all. There was a lot of people who told me I couldn't do it. And uh, I'm like obsessed with proving people wrong and being right. Um, but, but I definitely was just like wanted to do music. Like I loved performing I loved singing like I was just obsessed with music and was like this is what I want to do as a job I don't care if I make a million dollars or ten dollars like I just want to do music as a living and so that was kind of the main goal but definitely I had like a lot of angry like I'm gonna prove people wrong emotions when I was a kid how old were you when you had when you when you knew that this was the life that you dreamed of mm. honestly I feel like I was like five <laughs> Like, but I feel like I was 11 when I knew that like, oh, you could do this. I had, I randomly entered this competition and sang with Keith Urban on stage mm -hmm. in front of like a bunch of people. And that was like the first time I'd ever performed in front of thousands of people. And I had like a moment on stage being like, oh, like this is really what I want to do for the rest of my life. And he like gave me a bunch of advice and like was telling me what I should do with my life. And from that point on, I was like, okay, if I just do what he says and just like continue to work hard, like I can do that one day. Was there, was there a moment, I guess, between 11 and 17 that you either had doubts that it would work or that you then got double confirmation that mm. I'll figure it out? This definitely is going to sound like conceited, but I've never had a doubt that mm. it wouldn't work. I've, been, I've definitely been like, you might be 40 and still cracking at it, but I was like, I will not stop working till the day I die until I'm a singer. So, but I did was, I guess when I was like 15, I had like a video that went really viral on Facebook um, of me singing a Lady Gaga song. And which Facebook of all things is like so <laughs> random and old school. Um, but it got like 40 million views or something Shit. like that. And then that was like, then I did like a talk show then I ended up going on American Idol and it was like kind of from that point forward, I got a manager and then I was like actually somewhat making livable money off of, not like tons of money, but like a regular wage that I could pay rent or something like that. Probably when I was like 15 or 16, I was like, oh yeah, we're going to do this. Let's just keep posting on social media. Do you feel, how much do you feel like the, the social media aspect has helped your oh, career? Like everything. But like for, for do you feel like it's a combination of... Um, your understanding of how social media works yeah. plus your talent plus sometimes luck in the moment of like what do you what do you yeah. how do you gauge that i kind of think it's all three i definitely think there's like a strategy mm -hmm. to social media like i think it's what i think is helpful is i grew up in the era of social media so like i already kind of had like a subconscious knowing of just how social media worked and like what people liked and 
So you kind of, it's kind of like in drilled in you. Like I've had Instagram since I was eight kind of thing. Um, but definitely some of it is luck. Some of it is strategy behind the video. Some of it is talent. But also I see videos blow up with people all the time and I'm like, this is not the best video that I've ever heard. So like it definitely can be just like if the lyrics are written on the screen in a great way and like there's so many different things that are reasons. Do you, how would you advise like if you were, let's say uh, back when you were 12 or 13 years old Mm -hmm. um, or if you were 12 and 13 growing up now and you wanted to be a singer, like how much do you think that developing that presence on a TikTok or an Instagram or whatever mm-hmm. it might be and how would you approach it with the knowledge that you now have? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like I somewhat kind of already did this, but I definitely feel like I hopped on TikTok not late cuz I, I wasn't like a late TikToker, but compared a lot of my friends had it way before me, like all of the musically people mm-hmm. like Bryce oh, yeah, Hall and that. all those people that are like huge on the app, they were like the first people to download that shit and now it's they're gigantic on TikTok. Yeah. And I definitely would tell myself like, yo, when a new app comes, like if you even think for one second that that yeah. could be successful, you better download it and start posting on it. I would definitely tell myself to be consistent. I think I was pretty consistent when I was younger, but I didn't make it like, oh, you need to make sure you post today at this time at like blah, 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 blah. Like I just kind of would post when I'd made videos. Whereas now it's like, you better post every day at this time. I have a, like a second account that I sometimes post on like every single day. I would definitely tell myself to be more consistent with it. How important do you think it is for people that follow you and support you to see like the human side that you post on social media mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just straight music? Yeah. Honestly, I think it's really important. I think like some of the reason some artists are so huge is because people are obsessed with them as a person and mm-hmm. not just their music. Like Billy is such a great example mm-hmm. of that. Like, Even, like, I was, like, I saw Billy when she only sold out, like, a 5,000-cap venue. And everyone was just obsessed with who Billy was. Like, she gives no shit. She just says whatever she wants. And, like, people are in love with Billy as a human. And then her music is just fire as well. And so it's just such a great combo. But there's lots of people I know where, like, I just love their music, but I'm not obsessed with them. And it kind of, like, lessens the fan in me that I have Mm -hmm. for them. Um, So I definitely think it's important to be, like, showing your – personality and who you are as a person online have you met billy no oh, i would cry yeah i'm a big billy fan <laughs> i'm too. like the biggest i literally the other day was thinking to myself like what would happen if you bumped into billy yeah, what would on you, the carpet what would you say well at, for a while i think i was riding this train of like no like it's fine like you'd be chill and then the other day i was like no i think this woman actually like changed your life at one point like her music had such an like inspiration on me for like such a period of time that I'm like, oh, I didn't even like recognize that this woman like raised me. No. <laughs> and woman, she's like border, like not <laughs> she's even. She's like two years older yeah. than me. <laughs> she, she's, she, and I think, you know, it's a lot of the, 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 you know, things that I think resemble your, your personality and hers in a lot of way are very much coming from that authentic place where it's mm-hmm. just like, it's who I am. Yeah. Take it or leave it. And I think that's why what you were saying earlier is like the reason why people love her. And I think a lot yeah. of these other, let's call them personalities, is is really because they are who they are. Yeah. And uh, and I think Billy specifically, you feel it through her music. Yeah. Billy was the first artist I ever saw that I personally felt like literally was just herself. Like she literally writes all her music with her brother. And yeah. I know for a fact People on her team have been like, oh, you should write with this person and this person and tried to do all that. And she's been like, no, like I write my music with Phineas in my bedroom. 
Like she was the first artist I saw ever just like truly do what she wanted. Would you say, I mean, imagine obviously she's one of the top people you look up to. Mm -hmm. Who are some of the others? Yeah, I would say Adele was mm -hmm. who I listened to growing up every day of my yeah. life. I love her. Um, Sam Smith growing up, I was mm -hmm. like obsessed with Adele and Sam Smith. And then like, I feel like more recently, at least inspiration for my album, I guess would be like Olivia Rodrigo. Mm -hmm. Her album, oh, I was just saying to my manager yesterday that she, I feel like she's gonna put an album out this year, but I'm not like doing unwell. So I feel like yeah. it's not gonna hit <laughs> as hard. And like the level of unwell I was when that first album came out, uh. like that whole album healed me in so many ways emotionally that I feel like it had a big impact on what I wanted to write. So with regards to your music, um, how have you feel like the inspirations for your writing and creating has changed over the years? Yeah, I think it's kind of crazy how it's changed. Like I feel like I was, but I also kind of feel like I'm doing a full circle moment and kind of coming back to what my original mm -hmm. inspirations were. But my main inspirations were ballad people. And then I feel like Olivia kind of opened this space of like, being super specific in your lyrics, but also managing to still be a pop star. Um, and then I kind of got into like the JP Sachs, Julia Michaels realm of things and was like super obsessed with getting really specific and just like the piano sad songs. But now I feel like I'm doing a full circle kind of back to trying to incorporate just like big ballads with specific lyrics. And like, why do you think that your, your music has stuck? Like mm -hmm. people, is it just because they relate to it? Is it because you feel like you found a specific spot in your demographic mm -hmm. or market? Like, how do you gauge that? Yeah, I feel like the one thing is that it's relatable because um, I feel like you always have to have that with a song. Um, but I feel like melodies are mm. really important. Like even some of the songs that like are not my favorite songs, but they're like radio smashes. I'm like, oh, I really don't like this song, but it's like always stuck in my head. And the melody is like phenomenal. Like I think people forget to mention that like melodies are such a specific part of a song that everybody gravitates towards. Um, but I definitely think people love like ballad singers. I think that's always like kind of stuck through just like the typical emotional ballad. Like even like I really love Jesse Murph and like Clinton Kane. And I think they have like similar very emotional, sad, like raspy voices. And I think people are always kind of drawn to that. Do you think in general people are more drawn to, let's call it like sadder type vibe yeah. music or hap Ugh, happier love it music? It depends, right? Depends. depends I feel state. like everyone has been sad at some point. For sure. So like I always am like Everyone's sad works, sad works. Yeah, like every time you write about a breakup, everyone's but all over that. you don't think that. it's sometimes overdone? So, I mean, sometimes. But it's. But I think what's what's impressive is like people, is that it does in a way. I guess it's overdone, but in a lot of ways, not really. It's like literally not getting old. <laughs> and it's like one of those things. Like it'll happen for the rest of the time. Yeah. Like and breakups you happen. Always every... are gonna go through breakups. I think it's just like solid. Stick to it. But I also do feel like people gravitate towards happy music. I also think it depends on the month of the year. I'm oh. like into all that. I'm like weather, depression. Nobody wants to be happy. Do you, do you take that into consideration when you're writing or releasing? Or? I mean, I try to. Oh, interesting. Um, but I feel like there's lots of different moving parts as to when you can put things out. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't always get to choose. Um, but I definitely think, fingers crossed, blew up because the world was sad. Like, I genuinely think if I put that out, like, the next summer, it wouldn't have done what it did. Like, the mm -hmm. whole internet was just, like, 
I don't know if it's they were coming out of the pandemic so everybody was sad, but like straight up the whole internet was going through a breakup. Everyone was depressed. <laughs> it was like winter. Like I genuinely think what was going on in the world made that You viral. posted it when? Like November 7th or 14th or something like that. Uh, and it didn't come out until January 5th. Mm, so it was like all winter. through Christmas sad. Like everyone's boyfriend just broke up with them at Christmas time. Like... <laughs> but even like this past Christmas, I didn't feel that vibes. I felt like everyone was in like relationships. Like there's just a shift in sadness. Hmm. So the internet's not sad anymore. It doesn't feel like it. The internet's happy. Honestly, the internet feels happy to me. <laughs> or is it maybe your vision of the internet? My vision of the maybe internet. Maybe your life is just better. Yeah. Which is good too. Yeah. Uh, well, no. <laughs> I would say that. <laughs> okay. <never mind. laughs> um, but then also I'm curious because and you've been you've openly spoken about um, your own relationship and yeah. um, how lovely that is yeah. and how is how has that inspired your your create you creatively now? Yeah, I mean, I was telling. I mean, I do write. I've written recently love songs, um, but I was telling someone the other day that like actually being with somebody that treats you right and is good to you is like confusing and like just kind of like can trigger you and like example like my boyfriend would do something nice and then I'd be like oh like that person never did that for me and my boyfriend just made me realize that that's like literally the lowest bar that a man should be hitting to treat you right and it would kind of like just make me realize that like I put up with way worse than what I should have even though I already thought it was bad now I'm like oh wow this is way worse like having someone in your life that constantly is just so amazing to you makes you like question the friendships in your life that maybe aren't as great and like just stuff like that so then it would actually make me write more sad songs. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's like you just did something nice that reminded me of all the bad things that of yeah. before. Yeah, I'm like my brain instantly was like, okay, sad song, sad song. <laughs> but in a lot of ways, that's like un unwiring. It was unlearning all habits, the bad things, traumas, whatever you yeah. want to call them. And you feel have you felt like you've been able to do that better? Like, how have you learned to unwire? You know, past negative yeah. experiences. I mean, definitely now it, it, I'm a lot better, but. I feel like at first I didn't even realize I was so mentally fucked until like my boyfriend would be like, oh, like, I'm really sorry about that, babe. Like, I just want you to feel understood. And I was like, this man's not gaslighting me. What do I do? <laughs> like, I was like so lost. And I was like, y- you're saying sorry? And he's like, yes, your feelings matter. And I'm like, okay. And then I would just start crying. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't know my yeah. feelings matter. <laughs> I'd be like, what? <laughs> like, my brain is so wrong wired. Like, what's wrong with me? I was like, just literally felt like I was a crazy person. <laughs> Um, so it definitely took, I mean, I follow a lot of like psychologists and like just stuff about like l- learning how to like get over narcissistic abuse. Like oh, I'm yeah. always yeah. listening to like podcasts and stuff like that about that. So I definitely had to do that throughout my relationship and just learn new things that I deserved. Well, so like if somebody's listening right now that's been through, let's say a narcissistic individual, yeah. what's like, what's maybe one of the identifiers towards seeing, um, or one of the the best ways that you found to be able to unwire your own yeah. traumas from experiencing that. I mean, I follow this woman named Doctor Romani, okay. um, and that. she's like, I think, I I think her Instagram is Doctor, but just D R dot, and then I think Romani is R O M A N I. Um, but she's pretty popular; like it would yeah. show up. Um, and she, I remember my mom had sent me a link to like a video and she was like you should watch this it reminds me of someone from your life and after I watched I was like this makes so much sense like she does so many podcasts she brings people on who are like 
going through it or have been through it. And she really talks it through of like, oh, your brain might feel this way because of this. And like every day is just posting like such educational content. Like I definitely think she was one of the reasons I like learned so much about it and learned about what happened to me. How long do you feel like it, like, do you feel like you fully, for lack of a better word, healed? I mean, I feel like I've healed from the, that specific relationship, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I have other relationships in my life where people are the same way and I'm not, it's a different dynamic. It's different when it's an ex because you're like, oh, I just blocked them. I dealt with it. I healed. I'm with somebody new. Like it's easy to get over. But when it's like a friend or like a Mm -hmm. family member or something like that, it's a lot harder of a dynamic, I think, to like get through. But I definitely feel like I'm on the upper side of getting better with it. But do you feel like it was either always their their fault in the sense that it's just who they are or it's maybe that you now can identify red flags better than you used to be able to? I mean, both. Like, now I'm like, if so, I mean, this would never happen because I'm dating my boyfriend, but if someone came up to me and was like, oh my God, and just started love bombing me, I'm like, you're a narcissist, leave me alone. Like, uh. you can't compliment me for like minimum amount of days or like say anything about our future for like six months or you're totally love bombing. Like, <laughs> I <laughs> definitely spot so them So do you out. feel like... That's interesting. So you feel like you equate love bombing to to potential narcissism? Yeah, it's like one of the key facts. Oh, is this from like Dr. A, Romani? Yes, it's from Dr. Romani. It's okay, like okay. a key fact of like, because you don't, the reason like you get into a relationship with a narcissist is because they're not a narcissist to you in the beginning. It's because they love bomb you and they like treat you the best you've ever been treated. They buy you flowers every day. And it's like a very slow process over time that things start to switch and you don't realize that they've switched. Um, so love bombing is like big big red flag so then how so then in your in your relationship now did you kind of take things slowly or make it or make it clear that you know i need to do things differently even if i feel Mm -hmm. like there's an immediate connection yeah um how do we slow this down so make sure it's healthy i mean my boyfriend was kind of the same like my boyfriend just like a couple months ago gave me something for our one year but he got it the day we started dating and he mm. told me he's like I really wanted to give it to you but I knew I had to wait a period of time so you didn't think I was like love bombing or like crazy uh. like he kind of thought the same thing like he was like I don't want her to think I'm crazy and I was like I don't want him to think I'm crazy so I think we were just on like this mutual like getting to the point where we could be like hey I but, love you <laughs> but did you make did you make it obvious like did you have the conversation in the beginning about how you wanted to go let's say slower based off of your previous experiences yeah I mean my boyfriend and I definitely had like a mi- like so many conversations at the beginning. Like I right. initially even was like, I'm a touring artist. So like if you're just here to fuck around, like this is a waste of my time. Right. So like <laughs> I'm not asking you to like see a future with me. But like if your goal is to just like hang out with me for right. fun, I'm not here for that. So right. we had like lots of conversations just like from the beginning of like, I literally was like, I was like, I'm not trying to love bomb you. But like, I need to know like what religion you want to raise your kids. Like oh, this is yeah. like important questions to <laughs> yeah, me or this some... isn't worth like, <laughs> Even meeting you, because I mean, the problem is like if I wasn't an artist, I wouldn't ask those things. Really? But, Why? Well, because I feel like because I tour so much and because I'm away so much, like the effort that I have to go to to make relationships work, even just friendships, is like beyond what other people have to do. Right. Like I have to like miss things in my life to like call the people that I love to make sure I still have a relationship with them, or like it's just not going to happen. I'm going to be in Australia for three months and I'm never going to talk to them, kind of thing. Um, but me and my boyfriend definitely were like chill at the beginning. Like we were like, okay, I can't say anything too crazy. But I definitely talked to him about like my traumas and things that like I'd been through. And like 
he definitely knew that about me. Do you do you get people that ask you a lot of questions when it comes to dating and dating advice? Yeah. Now that you're more obviously like a public. Yeah, human? I get a lot of people asking about it. But part of it is like sometimes I don't really know what to say because my boyfriend is literally just like a gem of a human that I'm like, I don't think you're going to find like this. <laughs> like He's literally <laughs> just like the best human being in the world. I don't even know. Like there is nothing wrong with him. Like there was nothing. There still isn't. There was nothing I had to like check him for like I never had to be like hey I didn't like how you spoke to me that way and then like he'd go change it like he just doesn't ever do anything wrong so it's like easier when that's the situation because you don't have to have those difficult conversations with someone I'm curious does did he grow up with married or divorced no parents? divorce my boyfriend's life is a mess the same as mine mm. divorce did he grow up with his mom or dad um his mom Interesting. Yeah, and it's and all he has all brothers, and there's like five or six of them total. Okay, there's so there's so many. Okay, it's like hard to keep track. There's there's six of them total, including that. Yeah, I'm. It's it's. I'm going with that. Final answer. (laughs) That's gonna start a fight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm curious because your parents are are also divorced, and you've spoken about this. Mine as well. So I always I always try to. And you said your when yours were very young. Well, I was like nine. Okay, yeah, young. Um, I don't know. I always think it's interesting mm-hmm. to think about. Yeah, I also though think my boyfriend has been through like a lot of things in his life that have made him be like such a kind human being, and like he's been in like shitty relationships where people like didn't validate his feelings too. So it was kind of like we both had had like such shitty experiences with other people that when we met each other. And we're talking about it. I was like, oh, you're going to treat me the same way that I want to treat you. Because, like, we literally have gone through the same experiences with others. Does it almost make it uh, – does it ever – not not that I'm trying to plant the idea. But yeah. does it ever scare you about how good it is? Well, for a while, not anymore. Now I've just, like, accepted that it's good. And I'm like, the shoe's not going to drop. And even if it does, like, he's respectful enough to, like, you could just have a conversation with him and it would mm-hmm. be fine. But for the longest time, I was like, there's fucking something wrong with this <laughs> yeah, man. Like, yeah. there has to be something wrong with him. This is fake. Like, he's a narcissist. Yeah. Like, I was like, there there has to be something wrong with him. And then over time, my therapist was like, I think you just need to, like, accept that it's good and yeah. roll with that. It's funny because I, I have a lot of these conversations with some of my friends, too, where they're, like, very happy and then... I feel like the issue with our generation is we try to find something that's... I, I was trying to find it. We try it. to find it. Yeah. And it's like, just shut up, you know? Yeah. Like, that's kind of my advice to some yeah. of my friends, even myself. When something's good, yeah. just like, don't overthink it 12 times. Like, just, I don't know. Yeah, that I was definitely <laughs> overthinking it. But I do want to say, like, I mean, my relationship's not perfect. There's obviously, like, we still get in arguments every once in a while. I you're, just would say, like, human. the arguments that we have, like, previously when I would argue with people, it was like, somebody's getting blocked, somebody's like not talking mm. to someone for a week and it's like, that doesn't happen. Like we will argue and then we'll just cry about it and be like, I'm sorry, oh my God, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Like healthy arguments. I'm curious, is having grown up with divorced parents, does that make you want to get married? More oh my or less? God, yeah. I want to get married so bad. You want, why? Because you want to prove how you can do it the right Honestly, way. Honestly, I don't know. I'm just like, marriage does not scare me. I'm like, I, t- for me to be married, I'm like, that is just like another thing I ticked off my list that I did right. And I'm oh. like, great. Now I'm going to be with the same person forever for the rest of my life. That is like a very securing feeling. Do you, 
do you feel like you could be with one person for say 50 years? Yeah, for sure. But why are you, why are you so confident? I just like, I actually didn't think that until I met my boyfriend. Like I was actually telling my manager yesterday that like before I met my boyfriend, I didn't think you could like, like someone for long periods of time. Like I always just thought there was like something that would happen. But after meeting my boyfriend, I mean, I'm literally been dating him for a year and a half and I'm still just as obsessed with him as what I was day one. And now we're just going to take a quick break to talk to you about my longtime sponsor in U.S. Wellness Meats. At uswellnessmeats.com, you can choose from over 350 foods raised the way nature intended. That includes 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, lamb, bison, elk, and dairy. They also have pasture-raised heritage pork, wild-caught seafood, and pasture-raised poultry. These are some of the host of foods that you can find at uswellnessmeats.com where the owners are the actual farmers themselves and now they've introduced a subscription food delivery service and curated sample farm bundles. Choose the bundle of food you want to receive every month and they'll deliver it right to your door automatically. It's never been easier to serve your family real, honest-to-goodness food without the junk. U.S. Wellness Meats is the choice of championship sports teams, professional athletes, chefs, world-class trainers, and families just like yours all over America. Use promo code PODCAST, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, to save 15% off of every order at uswellnessmeats.com. Now let's get back into it. But also, like, since being with him, I've, like, read a lot of things about just, like, love and, like, marriage and, like, how that kind of stuff works. And it doesn't mean that, like, your marriage is perfect forever. Like, you have ups and downs. It's just, like, needing to be with someone that, like, wants to go through those ups and downs with you and, like, talk things out. And, like, is fine if you're just having, like, a shit phase for two years when you have kids and you're going through things, like, but they still want to be with you forever. And my boyfriend's, like, the only person who's, like, shown me that, like, he would stick around in like the worst moments of things. How do you feel like you you're able to gauge your your personal um, your personal life, and then also being a a public figure, but uh, b touring and obviously a very busy schedule work wise. Yeah, I mean it's definitely hard. I always say that like I don't really have like a f- a friend group, or I mean I really basically talk to like my boyfriend and my mother. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like it. I have one other friend that I constantly see, but it's because we write together, we sing together. Like she was the opener for my tour, but like I definitely have to like go out of my way or like choose not to be social some days to like call my boyfriend or call my mom or like maintain those relationships because like you literally won't have them if you don't go out of your way to make the time. Do you, I mean, it's crazy, right? Because you're, you're not even 20 yet and you're you're doing so well how do you continue to like push you know we were talking earlier about um or you were saying that you know when you see the number of streams or this that Mm -hmm. the third like how do you continue to like push the standard so that there is growth in your career as opposed Mm -hmm. to like does being stagnant scare you because even being stagnant at the level that you're at right now is already quite good right so it's like for some people they would kill for that for for others to see any type of leveling out is extremely scary yeah and you're young and you're you know so there's there's so many things that i Mm -hmm. can understand how it could be very overwhelming at times yeah i definitely feel like i have age on my side so i know that like like i have so many artist friends that are like older and then they're like am i getting too old like they definitely stress over that and they're like the one thing you have is like you're literally not even 20 so like even if you were stagnant for like five years and did nothing like in five years you could still keep doing it um but I definitely think there's 
always new things like evolving and changing and just trying to like stay up to date with that and like constantly talking to other artists and being involved in the industry and like making sure you're with the change. I mean, even if like a new app came out, like making sure that you're the person who's in that change or like if music shifts and all of a sudden like every radio song is like has a country twang, like I'm on that and writing a country twang song, like just being yeah, it's coming soon. in the moment. Yeah. Country album. <laughs> <laughs> um, like just trying to make sure you're very in it, but also just like, making good music and like being true to yourself. Like I think that always shines through. What's your what's your own metric for success? Is it numbers? Is it money? Is it um, followers? Is it? That's a great question. I feel like I, I feel like it depends what level of success you're talking. It's never money. Um, I feel like when you're a public figure that ends up kind of just being like a bonus. Mm-hmm. Like even as a kid when we had no money, I wasn't like, I definitely was like, oh, we're going to have a big house and it's going to be great. But like, I've never been the person who just like, watch me in 20 years be doing this, but no. I've never been the person who just wants to like walk around in Louis Vuitton and have like a Lamborghini and like post it online. Like, I hate that shit. So it's never money. I feel like I have certain standards that I want to hit. Sometimes it feels like followers, but not really. I feel like it really, as an artist, comes down to like selling out shows. I feel like that's like, you're successful if you can sell out shows yeah Do like you, arena tour stadium tour vibes and what's the okay so what's the biggest venue you've done so far oh god nowhere close to that <laughs> maybe like uh i think i this could be so wrong i wish my tour manager was still in the room but i think 2300 okay maybe Do you do you realize in the moment i mean 2300 people is a lot of people yeah still that's a lot of people. Yeah. Do you realize it or not yet? Or are you, do, you, do you not focus on that? Like, what do you... I feel like uh, I was just telling my guitarist, the last time we toured, my personal life was such a mess that, like, I was not processing anything. Like, honestly, I didn't even want to be on stage. Mm-hmm. Like, there were so many days I was like, I don't want to go on stage. Like, I'm so unstable. I can't do it. And I would still go out there and, like, enjoy it. But I wasn't having, like, moments of, like, true, true enjoyment I don't think but there was one show where I really did have a moment like oh like I'm totally like what was it what was stage. about it? it I don't know what's weird is it was in my hometown it was my hometown Vancouver show which that's like the show I want to do the least like everyone in the oh, audience really? I know like Wait, no it's like cool you go home there. and you get no 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 no. I don't want to perform in front of anyone I know ever like if my friends are in the front row I'm like we're not friends anymore like go to the back like no I don't want to see a face I know I don't want to see even when I see like Sometimes I see the same fans. I'm like a little uncomfortable and awkward. Oh, really? I don't know what to do. Um, but it's weird. I just had like, I literally almost cried on stage because I was talking about it. And then I was like, okay, I need to stop talking about it because I'm going to cry. But I did have a moment of like, oh, wow, you're really touring. Um, but that's kind of why I'm excited for this year because I just feel like everything about it. I mean, literally last tour, we didn't have manager. We didn't have a tour manager. Like it was straight up like me and my band roughing it, just trying to make it through the venues. It was crazy. Um, whereas this year we have like a plan and people in place. So I'm not having to, like I was going on stage just stressed because I'm like, I don't even know how we're getting like yeah, something yeah. to the next venue the next day because like it was just crazy and like such a mess that there was so much going on. But I feel like we won't have that this year. So I'll be like, yes. <laughs> Are you a big manifester? Yeah, big. All right, so let's manifest real quick. Yeah. What's like the dream, what's the dream arena? Oh, dream arena is... Rogers Arena in Vancouver. Okay. Um, but I thought you just dream, said you didn't want to be in Vancouver before. Well, yeah, but like 
that's like the okay, arena okay. I went to as a kid. Um, and the Dream Stadium is BC Place in Vancouver. Okay, so yeah. two for two in Vancouver. Yeah. What about... And I have videos of me and both of them at like 12 oh. being like, I'm going to sell this out one day. So I'm like really hoping really? it happens. So then That's so I sick. can have like the documentary moment of no, like, like you me know, at like 12. When the, when the, when the, like when you're about to get on stage, like they just like make it like completely dark and then that, that video just plays. <gasps> oh, I think you're a genius. I have right. to do that. <laughs> yeah, get me tickets. Yeah. Um, no, that would be so sick. Yeah. There's definitely like staples. Like, oh, I'd love to play Madison Square no, like, Garden I've, and like all the staples in like the other places. But- I've always grown up being like, oh, I just want to sell out the Vancouver Arena. Why not? When, okay, okay. So wh- I'm thinking you're going to sell out Vancouver, the arenas, the two that you just mentioned. Yep. Give me a time range. Oh, God. I don't know. Let's manifest it. I think the arena, like three years. Look inside, <laughs> yeah, look inside that camera and say exactly oh God. how old you're going to be when you sell out. Uh, what's that arena? Is that reasonable? Again? Or three to five years? For an arena? Yeah. Is three like too soon? No, no, no. Nothing's too soon. Okay, no, <laughs> nothing's too soon. Manifest well, sometimes I say stuff and it's like, just like logistically like not. No, no, it's no, like no, no. out of a, a, a range, good. you know. Um, you want me to say it to the yeah, camera? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then we'll play this clip. Okay, I'm gonna sell out the Rogers Arena in Vancouver in three to five years. I'm telling you, it's Happening. gonna happen. Yeah. Do you? How do you look at goals for yourself? Is it? Are you very goal-oriented? Goal yeah, or very goal-oriented. Like, do you tell yourself, Grammy by 25? I mean, like I try not to you, put, like, you... age on it because I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like the way this industry works, it's like there's just so many different things that come with it. Um, I do put age on things like, oh, I want to, like, retire by this age. and like. What's, what age do you want to retire? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes it depends. I really want, when I'm a mom, to, like, be present in my kid's life. I don't want to be, I say this now, but who knows what I'm going to do. But I just feel like both of my parents were like not present. And it's just because I had divorced parents and they were working all the Mm -hmm. time. But like, I want to be the mom that goes to absolutely everything and is like there and home and like supportive. And so like going on the road and being a touring artist while I'm having kids is just like not something that I want to do. So it feels like around like 30, I'd be like, Hey guys, like packing it in for, for a couple years. You better start touring. <laughs> yeah, I better start touring now. Um, so hopefully I've done a world tour by then. Um, but I try not to put ages on stuff, but I'm definitely like, I want a Grammy. I want this. Like I write everything out. Grammy? Like what are the what are like the big ones other than selling out those specific arenas we just Ooh. talked about? Um, I really, it depends. Because I, I really was... I was really into like plaques, like the platinum, mm-hmm. like going platinum and all that kind of stuff. And then I started to realize that, like, example, I have a song that has 300 million streams and it's not platinum in America or it was does, at least. How for, do you get platinum again? It's pretty much like all your sales have to be within like one country. So it's like X amount of sales oh, in see. America and then you're platinum. And so a bunch of my friends have 100 million streams, 80 million streams, 150 million streams. And their songs are platinum in America. And so I was like, well, this doesn't make sense because my song on a scale of like numbers would be like a bigger song. Mm -hmm. And so now I've started to be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't care about like the plaques and the platinum of things. And I should just care about like the overall number of like getting my music heard by as many people. I would love a billion streams on a song. I really want a diamond song. 
Um, it's a diamond that's song. like literally the highest of highest plaque you could ever get oh, really? for a song. Like only like who has that? Drake? Post Malone just Michael broke Jackson? the record for most diamond songs no ever. Way, it's really? like I think it's like six or something like that. Um Fuck. only like a hundred people, I think, have like diamond songs. Like Party in I remember like two years ago, Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus <laughs> oh, went, sure. diamond. went diamond. It has to be literally like the biggest song hundred percent ever to go song. diamond. Um I would love a billion streams on a song, though. I realistically would actually love two billion on a song, but I'm shooting for one billion first. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got to get to one. Yeah, you got to get to one before you get to two. So. Um, okay, and now we have, so we were talking about it before, new album coming out, yeah. tour coming yeah. out. By the time that we release this, I'll be okay yeah. to, to do it, yeah. to, to release this, <laughs> or else Aaron's going to put a gun to my head. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Can I say what the album is called? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Debut album. Oh. I'm scared, <laughs> but I'm excited. Um, but the album is called Mirror. Okay. Um, kind of for a few different reasons. Um, I wanted the title of the album to be just kind of talking about how every time I write a song, I'm like reflecting on something. And like, when do I fre- reflect the most? Like when you look in the mirror, like mm-hmm. therapists always say, like you should just stare at yourself in the mirror, like every morning for like 10 minutes. And it's like, that's when you're really like, you yo, there's something wrong with me. Yeah, I can't do it. Cause I just start like yeah. unraveling my entire childhood. Oh. And then I'm like, okay, you need to stop. Um, but once you're like in a healthy place, <laughs> <laughs> you should look in the mirror. Yeah, sure. um, but just like, I always reflect like when I'm sad, I look in the mirror and I'm like, damn, this situation sucks. Like every time I looked in the mirror, I was like wanting to write something. Um, but then also the concept of like my album, I feel like has so many different emotions. Like there's the breakup, there's the getting over it. And now I'm with somebody else and I'm like happy at the end of it. Um, and it's just like a whirlwind of emotions. And I was like, who is the one thing or like who's the person in my life that has seen all of this? And I was like, my bedroom mirror has seen mm-hmm. absolutely everything I've gone through. So did you go... Are you releasing it in an order that makes that kind of chronological yeah. sense? It's pretty much like the beginning of the album is the breakup. And then the middle of the album is like discovering he's a narcissist, like the healing, getting over it kind of vibes. And then the back half of the album is like, I've met my boyfriend. Still sad songs because of the like unlearning. Mm-hmm. I mean, we literally have a lyric that says like to unlearn all that we've learned, which mm-hmm. is just the talking of getting over all of that kind of stuff and healing. Um, but then finally, by the end of the album, there's the love songs. And so then that's being followed up with a tour? Uh, yes. <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> People are going to kill me if I don't go on tour, I think. It's like my only comment. So have you have you guys finalized that? Yeah. How, do we know how many different places? And Yeah. We're going to U.S. and Canada. And then we do Europe, U.K. Europe. And then we're going to Australia. How many different cities? I think there's about 20 to 22 per, like, region, I think, right? In, 20 for, to 22 shows total. In U.S., Canada. Yeah. And then, so like, 20 to 22 shows total, U.K., Europe, and then there's, like, seven in Australia, I think. A little less, but. Five? five. Do you, in the U.S., are you going to be in New York? Yeah. Are we allowed to say the venue? Do we know? And uh, TBD? TBD. Okay, okay, cool. TBD. I think we're doing two nights, though. Do we know yeah. when? Do yeah. you know when New York? Urban Plaza. Oh. But, yes, we do. It's, uh... Is there a chance? I just don't know if both are announced. That's fine. One and then, That's fine. Um, but 25th, 26th of July. But I'll, uh... 
I'll blow it up. You'll and be get, there. I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> we'll make sure you're there. I'll be, I'll be there. I'll be dancing. <laughs> yeah. I'll be singing. We're crying. Crying. Oh, crying. I forgot. <laughs> Shit. Um, no, but that's super, that's super exciting. Yeah. I'm very excited. Any nerves or more just excitement? I'm more excited. Like I said, like the last, the last tour, we didn't really have any production. It was just like a very strung together, like let's go on tour with absolutely like nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, and this tour, this, I mean, it's like based around the album. So, right. I mean, even just like the outfits are going to be better. Like everything's yeah. just going to be really put together and I'm super excited. When, when does it start? July 14th-ish. Yeah, then July. For, for a couple months? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like I'm pretty much on tour until like <laughs> December. We have like breaks in between the, the regions okay. that are like a week or two, but. I mean, that's, I'm just going to get, like, the typical, like, after tour, every artist just gets sick. So I'm going to be, like, sick on the off weeks probably and then go straight back to tour from just, like, July to December. <laughs> it's a lot. It's yeah, a lot. But it's a lot. It's fantastic. Do you, to wrap things up, do you ever think about legacy? Do you hope yeah. people remember you a certain way? Not going to win in a very long time. Yeah. I mean, I... I mean, I feel like that's so long away. I just feel like people remember me as, like, someone who wanted to, like, help other people. Like, I always write songs because I just want to help other people. And, like, I hope no one else – I mean, I hope no one else goes through what I go through, but unfortunately they do. Um, so at least we have, like, a song I've written to, like, help us get over it. Um, but also just from being, like, myself. Like, I feel like anytime I think of Billy, like, I just think that she was herself. And there's so many artists that were like that, and there's so many that aren't. And I don't want to be remembered as someone who didn't do what they wanted and didn't just like push the bounds to be who I am. Well, I'm rooting for you. I uh, I think you're awesome. I think you have the the right mindset and clearly the right people around you and on a yeah. personal and I guess professional level as well. And uh, I'm excited to see you continue do your thing. And everybody got to tune in because we have arenas to sell out yeah, we have facts. albums to sell and uh no but on a on a on a bigger note i think that just you talking about all these things and and being authentically yourself i think that's the reason you're already finding success and will continue to find success so you know i'm uh, i'm looking forward to the future for you thank you thank you thank you lauren yay thanks